So, again, I'll probably fill in some gaps here on, on my own later on, so it's a little less awkward. But, do you guys want to use your regular names? Or should it just be Chris and other Chris? Yeah. I, I like Chris and other Chris. Yeah. yeah. I'll volunteer to <laughs> oh. be other Chris. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Hey, fun fact. So I've been watching this channel, Comet, and it's always at night now. And apparently, uh, do you guys remember the like call-in dating lines that always yeah. advertise like after 11? Those are still uh. a thing. Because <laughs> I've just been seeing... <laughs> <laughs> the ladies look like they're about our age. But uh, I was surprised this still existed, yeah. There's ladies, you say. Ladies, <laughs> secret ladies to talk with at night, Travis. <laughs> I want to. I want to go on one of those and like start asking people for Nintendo hints. <laughs> the Perfect. power line. Yeah. yeah. Hello, and welcome to the first ever RTFB podcast. This is Travis speaking. I'll be rejoined shortly by my co-conspirators Chris and other Chris as we kick off our first season. Before we get into that, though, like, uh, what is this thing? Well, I mean, it's a book club, and it's a movie club. It's, uh... Okay, so have you ever been out with a group of friends to see a movie that you maybe sort of liked? And there's always that one annoying guy saying, yeah... This was okay, but the book was way better. We are that annoying guy. We'll be picking from a list of the most well-regarded book-to-movie adaptations and taking a step back to, you know, read the fucking book. Hence the name. So, I don't think the idea is so complicated that it needs much further explanation, but here it is anyway. We'll take a few sessions to read the book, walk through, discuss fall behind on our reading assignments, and try to wing it using Wikipedia, you know, just like a regular book club. We'll give you reading assignments at the end of each episode if you want to read along with us and react as we go, or feel free to just listen in, rely on my shoddy note-taking to cover enough of the plotline to make you feel like you read the book too. When we're done, we'll also review the film adaptation, compare, contrast, generally get sidelined into other barely-related topics, uh, make sense? So as you may already have deduced, our first book slash film is the Arthur C. Clarke and Stanley Kubrick collaboration, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, we'll go ahead and rejoin my chat with the Chris's already in progress. Alright, so I'm going to skip directly into a thing. Our uh, getting to know you quiz. Mm-hmm. Our, um, our Cosmo this or that choice list. So I've got 21 items for each of you. Oh, I'm going to read them off. You pick your... whichever one you, you know, you preference. Pick your, your favorite. 
It's pretty simple. Like I'm explaining this way more than it needs to be. (laughs) (laughs) You say it's like a multiple choice quiz. It's, it's a, this or that, a, this or that. Okay. Like Jackbox party pack. Exactly right. But there's no scoring and, uh, there's not a lightning round or anything. So, so, uh, rabbi Chris, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or just Chris. I'm going to do your list first. Are you okay. ready? Maybe. Right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Faux or pho? Pho. <laughs> Bill Nye or Beekman? Bill Nye. Uh, Joel or Mike? Joel. Mm, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Lupin the Third or Cowboy Bebop? Cowboy Bebop. DC or Marvel? Marvel. Mario Kart or Mario Party? Kart. Neil Gaiman or Stephen King? Diamond. No, not Diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Neil Gaiman. He chose a third option. (laughs) Again, I'm choosing Diamond because it sounds like Diamond. Brother Love's traveling show it is. Uh, Yes. Metallica or Megadeth? Metallica. Harry Potter or Artemis Fowl? Potter. Alan Rickman or Jeremy Irons? Rickman. Hunger Games or Maze Runner? Hunger Games. Simpsons or Futurama? Futurama. Footloose or Roadhouse? Roadhouse. (laughs) Good call. To Kill a Mockingbird or Huckleberry Finn? Mockingbird. 1776 or Hamilton? Uh, even though I've never seen it, I'm still gonna go with Hamilton because I just I feel like it's better than 1776. But wasn't Mr. Feeney in 1776? What was it, Mr. Feeney in 1776? Though, yeah, I think was. so. Yeah, so I mean, come on, John, John Adams. <laughs> if Mr. I Feeney, mean, I don't know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> We did that in, I, I wasn't in it, but I think freshman year, they did 1776 at, at It wasn't a bad show, just, you know. Were there any rap battles in it? And was no. Mr. Feeney in it? No. Oh. All right, pressing on. No. Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> or Emma Stone? Crap. Uh, yes, Emma Stone. 13 going on 30 or 17 again? 13 going on 30. DuckTales or Rescue Rangers? DuckTales. Woohoo. Jurassic Park 2 or Jurassic World? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to go World, but it just barely. Just barely? Good call. Yeah. All right. Very well done. So see, now people know you a little bit better, and they can decide whether they care or not what you say about things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, other Chris, are you ready? Uh, yeah, but I am fairly certain um, uh, people aren't going to be convinced that there are two different Chris's here. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's that one guy who's got a whole radio show where he's every voice? That's the situation. There's only one of us here. That's right. Right. <laughs> Everyone else is just filters. <laughs> All right. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Star Trek. Bath or shower? Shower. Winter or summer? Winter. Manga or anime? Anime. 
Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina or New Weird Satanic Sabrina? New Weird Satanic Sabrina. <laughs> Goofus or Gallant? Goofus. Kingkiller or Game of Thrones? Kingkiller. Anne McCaffrey or Anne Pratchett? McCaffrey. Terry Pratchett or Terry Gilliam? Oh. You can't do that. I can. No, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, Terry Pratchett. Early morning or late night? Late night. Spin doctors or counting crows? Spin doctors. It's a no-win situation, really. That's right. The only chopped. winning move is not to play. <laughs> chopped or Top Chef? I'm not familiar enough with either of them. Hmm. All right, we'll pass that one. Yeah, pass. First, Chris, can you steal? What? <laughs> <laughs> First, Chris, Chops or Top Chef? <laughs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> the correct answer was Top Chef. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> All right. Other Chris, Willow or Legend? Legend. Willow or Kroll? <laughs> Kroll or Conan? Uh, Conan. Conan or Beastmaster? Charlotte Bronte or Emily Bronte? Charlotte. Goosebumps or Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Uh, scary Stories. Good call. Hemingway or Steinbeck? That's also a hard one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Hemingway. Okay. Wizard of Oz or Wicked? Wizard of Oz. G.I. Jane or G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra? G.I. Jane. All right. I think you both passed. <laughs> Wait a minute while we tally. Yeah, tally the scores. <laughs> oh, so sorry. Wait both. a minute. You told me there was no tally. <laughs> well, see? I feel betrayed. So like I said, now everyone can know whether they're even interested in listening to what you have to say about things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to double back to New Satanic, Sabrina. Okay. What the hell is that show? So there was a comic back book to that. I know. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I've heard of this. And that was very good. It was done in like kind of a painted art style in the vein of like horror comics yep. from many, mm-hmm. many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that had like a lot of the satanic elements and like, yeah. uh, weird stuff in it, and they, uh, you know, turned that into like a teen drama and put it on Netflix. Right, I see. Which I'm enjoying. I see. Um, but Salem isn't like a sarcastic gay guy, and so I don't know what to think of it. Uh, if they could merge know. the horror movie with the talking. Puppet cat, like that'd be better. They they kind of split the difference in the in the comic book. <laughs> yeah. And is it supposed to tie in with Archie still, or is it its own thing? I don't know because they're not quite sure since they ended up being on a different network. How uh, they they haven't worked out the like the corporate shit to do a, a crossover. They wanted to originally, but I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I'm just waiting for the uh, the Riverdale series to cross over with the uh, the Arrowverse, <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like that's down coming down the pipeline. I, I haven't followed any of those shows in a very <laughs> long time, but I think that would bring me back. Yeah, 
I don't know, man. I've not read any of the source material, but every time I think about there being like a serious teen drama version of Archie, it just makes me sad. <laughs> they don't talk about hamburgers nearly enough. They do. <laughs> but Jughead is in it, right? Yeah, Jughead's yeah. in it. Is he called Jughead still, or they had to update him? Yeah. Yep. See, Jughead. this is the research that I'm too afraid to do on my own that I need you two for. <laughs> in the deep dive into the team promise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Alright, so let's talk about the book a little bit. Okay. So 2001. Okay, the book. Oh. 2001, the real book. The book. The book. So, uh, you've both read it before, right? Yeah. Many, many, many years ago. Many years ago. I've never read it before. So. I saw the movie, I think, think in high school back when i could mm-hmm. rent it for free from blockbuster mm-hmm. remember blockbuster those were a thing yeah <laughs> i recorded my copy that i used to have a 2001 off of pbs oh nice like sophomore year of high school or something i don't know yeah so it's one of the uh, handful of movies that i actually own mm-hmm. yeah. is it like the first dvd they released of it where it's like a cardboard box no, I think it's like a, a Blu-ray, but I don't. I don't think it's a special edition. Mm, okay. It's the uh, the basic model. So, Isaac, I had done absolutely zero research into the book at all, but I was in the operating assumption that since it was out already when I was born, that was probably really old. And I, yeah. I, knew, the, I knew when the movie came out, but I didn't realize they were so contemporaneous, like. The one that were both written and filmed basically the same time. Right. That so surprised me, too. What were your guys' That's... general impression going into the book about it? Uh, I guess for me, just to be, like, of course, filling in details from the movie, but, I mean, I've read the whole book series, so I kind of figured it would be a bit more attuned to the details that come out you know over the next three books after it which it it is you know but yeah like i hadn't done much research about the book writing and the movie filming either until i was reading my edition has stuff in the front about it that arthur c clark wrote uh-huh. it talks about like hey yeah i had to basically go it was like stanley kubrick and i talked about this stuff a lot and then i had to kind of do my own thing a bit when i was writing it down too because, you know, I was like, I had in my head, I'm going to make it into this book series. So, because like, there's probably things that I wrote that we would not have necessarily done if it was just a movie. Right. And I wasn't going to make it into books. And, you know, so I'm like, well, okay. That probably maybe colors a little bit of, like, how much I feel like it's going to mesh with the movie or not. You right. know, depending. We'll see. Right. Other Chris? That's a very good question, and that was a uh, very thoughtful answer. And uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't <laughs> think I have any... Uh, I I went into it completely blank. Like, yeah. I didn't have any, any kind of expectation, I guess. I kind of uh, decided to forget um, uh, whatever I remembered about it from before, I suppose. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so, since I had seen the movie, but it's been, you know, years since high school, like, I just had the impression that the book was probably going to be, like, this huge, thick, I don't know, like, Dune-like sci-fi book that was going to have all these details and cover a whole bunch of stuff that the movie couldn't. But, you know, generally, that would probably follow the same beats, like, this general... Uh, narrative about, you know, man's first step into, like, this real space age. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the movie, even if you haven't seen it, it's been so much referenced in pop culture, I feel like you can't come into this book with absolutely no idea about it. I mean, unless you right. don't realize that, like, HAL 9000 is from this book and this movie, and if you've never uh, seen the scene with the apes and the bone and the monolith, so... Um, like I said, I don't know why I expected to be old. I guessed that I was confusing Arthur C. Clarke um, with Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> so I expected it had been written kind of like, I don't know, more like Jules Verne era. And it was like really far-flung future. But um, that, would, that would be very different. It would have been yeah. shockingly accurate for someone <laughs> that right. far away to come up with this. But um yeah, so I guess my general expectation before I got into it is that it was going to focus, you know, basically on the same stuff as the movie, but just kind of fill in a couple of extra of the background science behind it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the movie was almost 80% the conflict with the HAL 9000 and then uh, breathing in space, like floating around right. to classical music and breathing. So, well, guess what? What? You get to watch it again. <laughs> oh boy yeah I'm actually excited to watch the movie again when we finally get to that point just because it's been a long time since I've seen that too right and uh, I'm wondering if I'm going to fall asleep through the middle of it like I did the first time or not But you might but who knows I mean we'll be going on with a bit more knowledge now and it's kind of like I'm going to be intrigued to be like what do I remember about it, and then I'm going, oh yeah, I know details now, or something, or or wonder, like, hey, why did he... I think I'm going to have a lot of questions, too, is like, why did Arthur C. Clarke decide to turn whatever scene into... Like, why did he fill out the details the way he does, or something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Ultimately, I don't know if there's an answer to that, but I'm going to be interested to see, uh... Plus, too, how their... I mean, artistic visions are different. Stanley Kubrick is his own creature. Right. Even though they really close together on it it's like Arthur C. Clarke's style is also distinct right so kind of be intrigued in how they kind of work with each other I guess sure yeah I kind of have the expectation that uh, Stanley Kubrick is going to be like fuck whatever you were thinking I'm just making this movie right <laughs> it seems like what he did like, good <laughs> yeah. Time. yeah it's his M.O. mm-hmm so I also was reading through my forward of my book. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I was kind of shocked to find out it was published in 1968. These are just some things I picked up from the forward. Published in 1968. They started writing it five years before the moon landing. So mm-hmm. that's something we all talked about last time we got together. I guess I didn't, it doesn't, didn't really register with me that this whole thing was written before we'd even, even been to the moon or like launched most right. of our uh the Gemini flights still hadn't happened for a year after this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I was really surprised by that too. I mean, it's just I figured it'd be a little more contemporaneous. Yeah, it seems really accurate for something that they were just kind of guessing at at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they wrote. It's mentioned that they wrote the book with the movie in mind and just planned on culling the book from the movie script, but the movie came out before the book did. So. Mm-hmm. I expect it's going to be interesting to see where the differences lie in that. Yeah. Um. So, is there anything, any other flavor that you might be able to add about like where we were as far as our understanding of space at that time? Anything else you want to mention? Well, I mean, I if we were uh, we knew that um, you know like, the atmosphere didn't extend indefinitely, mm-hmm. things like that. Like, you know, you, you can't take a balloon to the moon or something. Uh, mm-hmm. We were we were a little bit further than that, I suppose. Uh, people have been doing, like, rocketry for, uh, what, like, 20 years prior, something, and experimenting with all kinds of different uh, chemistry, uh, different propellants and oxidizers and stuff, and trying to find things that were safe and stable or, you know, just had enough power to uh, lift a lot of stuff, I guess. Um, All right. So. Yeah, and I get the impression that at that point, people weren't, like, they were generally interested, but not really aware of what going into space might even be like. I mean, there were yeah. certainly, like, you know, people who were thinking about uh, physiology and zero gravity. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was where a lot of the animal experiments came in, because people were concerned that, like, uh, you can't even function. Like, certain parts of your body expect gravity mm-hmm. to be there or something. Right. And if it's not, then, you know, maybe your eyes will stop working. Like, they won't focus properly or you know, maybe you won't be able to swallow food or maybe you won't be able to breathe or something. Mm-hmm. So they were, uh, I think, pretty happy when, you know, they got animals back alive. Yeah. Yeah. They're generally pleased that the dogs didn't turn inside out or anything. Not right. all. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ones that they talked about, at least. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like... It always does kind of surprise me of what Arthur C. Clarke comes up with. And, like, he was... Because he did stuff with, like, the Royal Astronomy stuff in the UK and a lot of, like, technical stuff, I think, in World War Two, And he's one of the, if not these, credited with, like, the invention of the communication satellite. But, hmm. I mean, he's most famous, though, being a science fiction author, and he's a good one. Yeah. And but that's what does kind of get me about this, is just kind of how accurate he was and it's like you said like it's just really the beginning of our human space like flight exploration when when he wrote this story you know it's like I'm kind of curious on like how many did he have any contacts and like NASA and other stuff too to get some info on like what they were testing out I don't know I don't really know it was public knowledge at the time either you know how Mm -hmm. much detail I guess but I guess if you know the science behind it and the math, you can figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Are we going to find in this book a confession of how they faked the moon landing, or is no something we have to study on our own? 
Yeah. <laughs> you should dive down that conspiracy hole yourself. <laughs> I'm going to get Buzz Aldrin on the podcast and see what he has to say about whether he landed on the moon or not. Did he just die, or is that one that someone else I'm thinking of? <laughs> no, he hasn't died as far as I'm aware, as of this recording. Okay. But oh, uh, he has looked like he's wanted to die when he's getting trotted out for some of the current administration's events. What is he, like 95 now or something? <laughs> I don't know. He's old as fuck. Yeah. Like when you went to the moon almost 50, well, I guess 50 years ago in July, I mean. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Google I guess says yeah. he is 89 years old. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Still, still probably like, stop asking me questions. Stop tracking out. I just want to be retired. Buzz, if you're listening, Chris is giving you the rating of not bad. <laughs> <laughs> you generally pass. It'll be our first commenter or something on the, somewhere on a comments page. Sending this to him, and he's going to hunt you down and punch you in the face. I would be honored. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay, life achievement. <laughs> I would probably tell my <laughs> I probably would tell my kids about that now that I'm thinking about it. You're Yeah. hundred percent right. Yep. <laughs> All right, so any oh. other preliminary thoughts to add before I assign the homework? No, I'm just I'm excited to see where it goes and what I relearn and Yeah. Just Excellent. getting everything fresh again. Yep. Okay, so homework then. Read through the first two parts. Part one, Primeval Night, and part two, TMA-1. Mm-hmm. Do you pronounce the dash or just TMA-1? Uh, it depends on the person, I think. <laughs> All right. It really depends on how official you want to sound. Which one is more official? Because I don't want to seem like an idiot. I'd say the dash is, but who knows? <laughs> TMA-1, okay. Yes. So That's, in... that's the word I in my copy of the book, that takes you all the way up to page 104, but I have a you know, crappy paperback version that I got for six bucks off the internet, so your mileage may vary, but read it until you get to part three between planets and then stop and then come back, and you'll have completed your homework. So, you know, do it. Oh, oh right now. <laughs> right now. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that was our first session. If you're reading along, uh, just a reminder, your assignment is to read parts one and two, so Primeval Night and TMA1 before you listen to the next section where we'll discuss. So listening back to these recordings, even with the first podcast, I can't help but have some second thoughts. So let me begin my first, my first ever on second thoughts section. Salem the Cat, I don't think he's ever been ID'd as gay or straight, and it's really not up to me to assume, so Salem the Cat, I apologize. You are your own unique warlock-turned-cat, and you do you however you want. Uh, also, Buzz Aldrin, I apologize. I don't have a right to call you old as fuck. That's really disrespectful, and a man of your caliber deserves more than that. You're not old as fuck. You are venerable as fuck. If you still wanted to punch Chris in the face, though, we are all totally down, and he would indeed be honored. Uh, so anyway, that's all we have for today. 
Today's episode was dictated, not read, by Chris, Chris Ham, and Chris, other Chris Jacobson. Edited by me, Travis Rowe, and sponsored by no one in particular. Until next time, keep fucking reading. Also, I have no um, sponsors to start with, like, so it's not like I can use that as a crutch and be like, this is brought to you by Audible. Go to audible.com yeah. and use RTFB to get a fucking book. Yeah, someday. Someday. We could try it anyway. I mean, maybe We could. Help. We should ask them what we need to do because we do feature books. Yeah. We should, <laughs> we should just give them someone else's code. <laughs> <laughs> He's code Steve We're not Five by Audible, but uh, oh. there's this other thing that I really like, and they are so. I'm sure WTF will work. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure if enough people do it, they'll be like, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who's driving this?" <laughs> and they'll search for it, and they'll find the uh, the, the uh, RTFB.com, which is not a web page, and be like, "This is right. bullshit." <laughs> <laughs>